and welcome to Creating with Camille podcast. This is episode number 29 in season two. And for this episode, I will be talking about overcoming brain fog. Uh, Brain fog can leave you uncertain of your next move from work to family to just picking out what to eat to breakfast. And I frequently experience mental fog when I am emotionally stressed or physically drained. So as an asthmatic, I can have days, hours, even weeks where I have this inability to breathe and it leaves me unable to work at the level that I'm comfortable with. And it's very frustrating and it can be almost overwhelming. And for me, it's like knowing that water is slipping through the cracks Uh, Because obviously I can see the water level sinking in the bucket, but I have no idea where to patch up the holes in the bucket. It's just, it's disappearing. And that's how I view uh, my brain functioning and my life when I have these bits of mental fog. It's very frustrating. And for other people, it can be perhaps uh, caused by physical or on brought by emotional, psychological But for me, it's uh, just the, not just, obviously, asthma is pretty bad, but it's asthma. So for me, the challenge is really have no magical or immediate fix, which uh, someone in the 21st century is my favorite thing to hear, uh, patience. (laughs) So it's very frustrating because no one wants to walk around feeling disconnected or off-center for an unknown amount of time. It really makes simple tasks so difficult, and when that happens, I really double down on variables that I can control. So instead of focusing on the mental fog and feeling, oh, like I can't control this, I turn that perspective into what can I control? Uh Aha, the control freak tendencies are coming in here. So what I do is number one, I double and triple check my work. So don't make me uh, balance the tip on a check. Uh, Don't make me balance that check. Don't make me split it because this is not the day or the week or whatever amount of time during mental fog for me to have to do this for you. And I will let you know that. (laughs) If I have to do something like that, I will take out a calculator. There is no shame. And I will finish and even up that amount of money for you. And I will not do it with my head. Why? Um, My first step of trying to work around my brain fog is knowing when it appears and safeguarding myself against silly mistakes or errors. So when I do feeling it coming on, I will skip uh, trying to work out simple, silly, easy equations like tips for food or whatever and just skip straight to a calculator, safeguard against the mistakes because I know I don't feel up to par. This is obviously not my my best, so I'm going to safeguard against a potential mistake. And number two, diet. What I eat. Ugh, this is such a sad one. I try and avoid foods that uh, normally don't work well with my body. Personally, that's dairy, and there's a lot of other things like wheat and silly things, so I try and avoid those, and I bring in more greens And I bring in more uh, vegetables and make a point to eat a salad. And I try and feed my body as often as needed 
to get through the day without being so strict about timing. If I'm hungry, I'll feed myself at midnight during this period because I just don't want to to be so down on myself about the intake itself when I'm trying to fix a problem. So if I feel like I need a few uh, meals in between, so be it. Number three, sleep. Oh, sleep is such a doozy for me. Such a, such a doozy. Uh, what I mean by that is I do not sleep uh, perhaps the, the regular suggested amount of eight hours. And during the time when I know I have brain fog, I definitely try and set timers more often to make sure that I have a fair chance at a new day. Number four, this I could talk about for hours and I will not bore my lovely audience with it, but media consumption. Why media consumption is here on number four for overcoming mental fog is because I have to be so aware of what I consume during my media fog. It really, it irks me. It gives me an ugly feeling in my belly most of the time. Uh, and I just don't want that in my life uh, when I'm trying to, to heal, obviously. So for me, what I try and do is I overcorrect. So I, I understand that media, obviously, especially in the States, uh, what happens is there are about only six companies that currently control all of the news. In the U.S., uh, a lot of consolidation happened between uh, now and the '80s, and in the '80s there was like I think 50, 50 plus companies, and it was consolidated and it was allowed and consolidated and allowed until you basically have these mega corporations with the news. And that's not to say the news is bad. That's just to say, obviously, when you have a smaller amount of perspective. Uh, creating content, you're going to have a more obvious uh, agenda or lean in the content. So personally, I try not to deal with that uh, because when I'm in a brain fog, I just have so much to do to build myself up. I don't want to have to also focus on stressors. So if I do uh, partake in media content news, obviously, because even when things are going to the wayside, I do like to be informed, I will make it a point to find content that is deeply in the center, like Associated Press. Otherwise, I will try and avoid the news and social media type of news altogether. I could really give you a whole uh, razzle-dazzle tap dance on media consumption as someone who worked in media, someone who currently works in media, about uh, how this is done, how everything works. Maybe later I'll, I'll explain that. But what I really want to say is it's not that, that perhaps that the media is bad. No, it's just being aware of the content you consume and understanding that um, there is going to be that acknowledgement that sometimes you, it's, it's hard, especially when there's so much on the news that makes you feel like the world's a bad place, at least for me. And there's so much there's so much sadness and grief and death, but there's also 
the other side of that coin so much joy and love and family and progress. And it's very hard to see both sides when obviously it's more played to the negatives because it's it's human nature to be more attracted to that macabre uh, nature and that macabre setting than it is to always listen to the, the positives. And so for me, I go ahead and just avoid that altogether during my brain fogs because during that time I just don't want to have to deal with something else and if it it does happen yes I will partake in associated press or something in the middle Uh, but otherwise no I, I try and limit my immediate intake during that time because that's just another thing on the plate that doesn't need to be there number five Um, talk to a specialist. Sometimes mental fog requires a little outside motivation to leave. So seeking, seeking, oh, I I ruined that word, seeking professional help during these moments in whatever section of your life that you need can be very helpful. Uh, This can also be ranked as number one, dependent on the situation. Number six, talking with close friends or loved ones. When I have brain fog, I sometimes let my friends and family know just to double check my work and keep me on task. And I keep my content more under their eyes. And basically just be patient with yourself. Uh, Brain fog isn't something that's going to stay forever. And hopefully you can get on uh, with your life. And thank you for listening to this episode of Creating with Camille. And let me know if you would like me to speak a little bit on um, media and consumption. Uh, It is something that's very interesting, and I think it's very relevant, especially in the States. And there are a bunch of different facts and figures and and things that I do think are helpful to put um, it into perspective. And let me know. And otherwise, thank you for listening in. And bye! See you next week.